starting a new six-week, we call them series, where it's just a group of teachings together. <clears throat> it's called Hearing from God. It's, it's one of our values here at Genesis. It's a, it's a value that says that we believe that God speaks. And he speaks to us all. He speaks regularly. And so we want, we want to talk about this because we, we love this value. We think that if we had a community of people where everyone was hearing God regularly, God intervening and speaking to them, that, that it, that's what the community should look like. That it's not a rare thing, that it's not just one person hearing from God, but it's a community hearing from God. And so over the course of the six weeks, we're going to be talking about why God speaks and what happens when he does. We're going to talk about the ways in which God speaks. We're going to talk about the characteristics of God's voice, how to know what it sounds like and to recognize it. We're going to talk about the barriers of hearing God. And we're going to talk about the ways in which we can listen. And if you're in a small group and you want to, we're going to be sending out just little practices that if even in community you want to practice, you want to incline your ear and begin to hear. But we think this is, this is huge. So our value about hearing God is called hearing and doing. And that value says this. At the heart of following Jesus is hearing his words and then acting on them. We believe that it's our birthright to hear from our good father and that life is more adventurous and robust when we say yes and respond to what we hear. And so that's what we want to talk about. We're going to set this up today. And to start off, I want to invite Amanda. I believe that you're, you're invited. So Amanda's just going to share a story about hearing God. We think this is normal, right? And so, Amanda, thank you for sharing. They're always worried I'm going to talk too much because I'm a jabberer. Um, I like to think about God as my father, which he is, and our relationship is as a father with a child. So sometimes when you want your child to really get what you are trying to tell them, you have to shock them or get in their face, look them in their eyes. Um, I've been thinking about going to Africa. I don't know if any of you know, we um, partner with ACM, African Christian Ministry, and we send some people sometimes from our church to actually go and minister or work with or learn from, serve those people in Africa. And so I've been thinking about doing this for many years, but it just was never the time. I had two young girls and my husband goes to work at 10 to 5 in the morning and gets home probably about 5.30, so it just wasn't in the cards for us. But I felt a movement last year when um, Jerry got back and she was talking about all the amazing things that they had done and the people that they had met and the things that she'd learned and I just felt this quickening in my spirit. So I told her, I said, next year, I'm gonna pray about this. Next year, just invite me to the meeting so I could just you know, put that one foot out there, that one foot of faith. And uh, it came around time for the meeting and I had to make an emergency trip to Washington, D.C. because my godson was sick. He was in the hospital. And so I missed the meeting. And I'd been praying about this and asking God to give me some kind of confirmation that it was my time to go or to shut doors and say, this is just not quite the time. And uh, I get on the plane to come back home. And um, we'd been in the hospital for four days. I hadn't seen outside. So I was kind of delirious. 
And we, like I said, I was in DC and I was coming back here. I was at Reagan Airport. And I didn't want, we were, I was flying Delta and there was a television, you know, where you can watch movies, you know, relax and whatnot. And I didn't want to do that. So I just wanted to see the plane's trajectory, you know, because the nice blue color is soothing. They're soothing to me. Um, and I clicked it. And mind you, I am at Reagan in DC. And this is what comes up. So, this was my father having one of those moments where he's sitting down and looking at me in my eyes and saying, this is what I want you to do. Don't question it anymore. Just have the faith, take the steps that you need to take because obviously I want you to go. Now, I will admit that I was ex extremely tired and I did have a moment of, am I on the wrong plane? <laughs> Yes, I did, because that's, that's pretty shocking there. That's pretty shocking. And it stayed like that the entire time, and when we landed, it was still like that. So, yes, I had to take pictures, and I sent pictures to several of you. Jenny, I sent the picture. I was like, oh, my goodness, can you believe this? So, yes, I don't, sometimes God does a pow like this, and sometimes the, the other things are whispers when he speaks to you. But... If you recognize the fact that you are a child of God and you have the ability to hear from him, you should always hear and you should always listen. And you should always seek because sometimes they're not like this, but sometimes, you know, it may be, Hey, there's a person that's highlighted for you and they may need a hug or a smile or something like that. Just always listen for your father because he's always going to speak to you. But guess what? I'm going to Africa. Yeah. And one more quick thing. Um, uh, Thursday, I had to have half of the money um, on the 20th because they were going to buy the tickets. On Thursday, I checked, and we had six, I had $680 in donations. I said, you know, I know he brought me to it, so he's going to bring me through it. I didn't know if he was going to do a fishes and loaves thing with our finances so we could pay it, or if he was going to be from other people. I was... I was ready for whatever because he gave me that, so he was going to do it some way. I woke up on Friday morning getting ready to make plans to put money in. I had $1,400 overnight. And then I had Bible study on that Friday night, and my phone was going off during Bible study. Everybody knew I had Bible study, so I'm like, why is my phone going off? Yeah, I had $2,000. Three, it, within 24 hours, that is what happened. God was like, all you needed to do was just be patient because my favorite verse is be confident in this. He who has begun a good work in you will finish it. Mm -hmm. So apparently he's going to finish it. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. So, um, so today... Here's the one thing I want you to know, that God speaking is common. It's, it's normal. Now again, when I say God speaking, it may not mean there's an auditory voice. Could be. It may sound like you, it may be like a, a nudge, maybe a prompt, it may be a sign, it may be a signal, it may be a dream, it may be a conversation. But I think that God, I know that God is trying, as always, communicating. 
And he's using the full arsenal of communication for us to be able to hear. Now, you can go on and you can do all these studies about communication and that anytime in communication, you know that the majority of communication is... Thank you, Ed. Nonverbal. Now, it doesn't matter the percentages. You can go on and do all these studies about the percentages. Some would say it's 90%. Some would say 60%. But the reality is a large, large amount of communication is nonverbal. It's in the gestures. It's in the way you're sitting. So right now, I can tell. You're bored. Um, you're ready to go home. You're right. Our communication is it's nonverbal. And I always had a friend who said, hey, um, if the majority of the communication is nonverbal, the way we communicate with another, with another can God not be a nonverbal communication where he's letting us know? And we're looking, we're seeing it. But God does communicate verbally and nonverbally, but he communicates. So here's, here's a question I want you to ask. Now, um, Emad, I, I put together some questions for the, at the end. And I want to put these questions up here. If you could ask God one of these questions, which one would it be? And so um, what are some things, and so these are the questions. Here's the first one. What are some things that you like about me, Lord? Okay, so you could ask that one. You could ask, how do you see me when you look at me, Lord? How about if we could take a vacation together, where would we go and why? You could ask God that, right? How about this one? If all my shoes, Father, which are your favorites? Anybody have shoes? Lots of shoes? Yes. Oh, John, wonderful. When you look into the future of my life, what is something you're excited about for me? Is there any particular lie that I'm still believing that you would like to break today, Lord? What's, what, what is your truth that you want me to receive? Your words of encouragement. What words of encouragement do you have for me today, Lord? Is there any encouragement that you would like to give to me, like you would like for me to give to someone else? Who? So I want you to read over those and pick a question that you're like, ah, I like this one. Pick a question. So read over it. If you could ask God one of those questions and for him to answer, which one would you which one would you choose? Share it to the person next to you and share why. So you got a few moments. We'll kind of talk and, and pull close. If you see someone sitting alone, involve them. If you're the nearest. Which question and why?
So, what an awesome question. I want you to hold that question, the one, the one that, that grabbed you, right? The one that, for whatever reason. Did anyone pick the shoe? Norm, oh, great. I mean, even, even with that, I, I've had an experience with shoes before where, I don't know, you know, I needed a new pair of shoes and uh, I hate shopping or, I, or just the whole process. And I can remember encountering a friend who was like, oh, I bought the, and it was like a day later, and a friend was like, I bought these shoes and I bought them too small. And it's like, and he, and, and he gave them to me. And it was like one of those things when you're kind of like God speaking to you through your shoes, right? And so, hey, it can happen. God can speak to your shoes and vacations, but he speaks. I mean, when you open the scriptures and we look to this reality of God speaking, it doesn't take long to see that there is this truth of God as he reveals himself to us to help us understand that he speaks. I mean, the first chapter of Genesis. Um, if you ever ask me about the stars, it comes from the first part of Genesis. But it's about God creating. And when you look at Genesis, you read Genesis chapter 1, and you have to ask this question, what does this teach us about God? And the main thing, Genesis 1, it says that the earth was formless and void, and, and there was nothing, and, and God looked over it all, and, 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 and he spoke, and he created it. He was creative, but he spoke, and it was. He called into existence from nothing and then created. So the first lines in Genesis chapter 1 about what God does besides creating is he speaks. He speaks. And he talks and he talks out and it, and it is. And it doesn't just end there. I mean it begins to involve humanity where he's walking and talking and communicating. In the Proverbs, which is this beautiful text of wisdom literature, um, in the text, it begins to talk about the word wisdom, that wisdom cries out. And for many people who, the Hebrew rabbis in the time would take, and even Christians of today would say that wisdom, the word wisdom, is another form for the Holy Spirit. Wisdom, the Hebrew word for wisdom, is a feminine word as well. And so it's this beautiful picture of God who is outside of the idea of gender, but it's also taking a characteristics of God and putting into the feminine, which is so good for us. And so beautiful and, and whole and good. But here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Out in the open wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On the top of the wall she cries out. And at the city gate she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke or turn around. Come to your senses, and I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. Here's wisdom speaking, the Holy Spirit speaking. And if you turn to any of the scriptures that mention the person Jesus, God in human form, speaking to us, and we can see him saying, I am the exact representation of God. And he begins to speak and listen and teach and instruct. And in a beautiful text of John 7, in the middle of a biblical festival for Jewish people where the, a mass of people would be gathered around, he cries out and it says in John 7, 37, on the last day of the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up in a loud voice, let anyone who was thirsty come to me and drink 
Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, living waters will flow from within them. Jesus speaking out, calling out to anybody who would listen, using language to to grab us for those who are thirsty, saying, I'll give you a drink. The scriptures continue that God speaks and it's common. But one of the beautiful texts of this language of God speaking, and uh, one of the things that we say in here, and it's even written in our value, that it's our birthright to hear from God. That, that being a child of God's, being born of God, it's your birthright. It's a part of who you are, is being born into God's family, to be able to hear him. That it's not an anomaly. Oh, okay, on NPR this last week, I was listening to some crazy story um, about, like, in Benton Harbor, about this cult. Anybody listen to that cult story about these? They were called, like, the something of David, the kings. This was in the late 1800s, 1900s. This, they were Nazarites. And they, this guy believed that he was uh, Jesus incarnated back, right? And that guy was speaking to him. And a whole crew of people believed him. And in his, in his whole little community, they said things like, you'll actually live forever if you um, don't cut your hair, don't have sex, and give all your money to me. And you know what they did? Just that. <laughs> right? And, some, and now, now, this isn't the first person who says, God said something to me. And then everyone said, oh my gosh, God spoke to them? I guess we should believe them. And they do. And they've actually, in Benton Harbor, there's a mansion over there that he built. Um, they used to give tours. They don't anymore. And they said it's the largest house in, in Michigan, if not larger. And see, there's, there's crazy things like that. But the reality is that God speaks. If there was a group of people who were hearing God and knew how to hear God, when somebody said that, we'd be like, eh, I mean, I hear God too. I, I don't know about that fellow. I'm not going to give you my money. I don't know if any of you in here have had, and guys, here's, here's the thing, single guys. Um, if God tells you you're going to marry somebody, don't share that with the girl before she says yes to a date. That's called manipulation. Right? And so if God is going to speak to you about whom you're going to marry, that is wonderful. But you have to do the hard work of actually winning her heart, wooing her. Right? You have to do that work. You can't just say, well, God's told us we're going to get married. Um, it's settled. Sorry. I'm the prize, and here's what's going to happen. Now, if God does say that to you, we're going to expect that God's also going to say that to the person whom he's telling. He does that. Amen. Right? He's not going to tell one. He's going to tell two. He's done that through the scriptures. Joseph and Mary, he told them both. Right? He does this. He doesn't just tell one. He's going to tell. He's going to let us know. He speaks. He speaks. John 10 is this beautiful text that goes into our birthright. That it's not a select few who hear from God. That it's not just the masters. It's not the wizards. It's not the gurus. It's those who are all children of God. Those who have heard of the good news of Jesus this idea of being adopted as a son, a daughter of God by his gracious love for you. When you believe that, when, when, when that reality, that adoption, you allow God to do that for you. When you allow God to be your savior, your father, that birth, that new reality that comes in, it says immediately, that's when it comes. When you hear that, when you say yes to that, you're hearing God speak to you. And our birthright is to continue to hear him.
Now, the challenge is, and we're going to get into it, we're like, why am I struggling? Why am I struggling to discern and to hear? And we want to process through that. But I want to encourage you. I want to add hope. I, I, I want to challenge your thinking that it is normal to hear from God. Here's John 10. This is Jesus talking, and, and he said this. And he's using this analogy of, um, of being a shepherd, being a gatekeeper to sheep. And this is in verse 3. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He's this, this, this is the shepherd talk. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. In verse 14, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is, this is in John 10, this beautiful text of saying, I'm the shepherd, my sheep know my voice. They recognize it. Now, to recognize his voice, means, that means you've heard it before. That means you're hearing it. It's something that you hear. Uh, Amanda and I worked together who shared that beautiful story. And I would always joke her when we would call on the phone because we would be talking and we'd have to call. And every time I'd call, she would, now again, our phones today, when someone calls and you have their number in your phone, they immediately know who it is, right? But every time that she would, she would answer the phone, she would say, hello? And she would answer hello like she didn't know who it was, right? And I, I think I'd always give you a hard time. like, how are you answering the phone like you don't know who it is? You know who it is, right? I, I, I always harass her for that. Um, and before, have you ever gotten that phone call too when you call someone and Oh, no, so they, they call you, and you're like, hello? And they're like, who is this? They say that to you. <laughs> like, who is this? Now, that one, that's terrible phone etiquette. So if that's what you're doing, you're calling people, and then when they answer, who is this? You know, it's just wrong. And I would say, who is this? <laughs> I don't. You know I'm weak. I'm not that confrontational. <laughs> I want to sound tough in front of you. We know the voice of his, we recognize it. I was a senior in high school, and um, we had open lunch breaks, and we went, I went home for lunch to eat, and then I was like, I don't want to go back to school. Terrible decision, but yes, I didn't want to go to school. I had my buddy with him, and I'm like, oh, I guess I can have someone call the office and act like my stepdad and get me out of school. So I called my boss from the movie theater, uh, upstanding citizen, <laughs> outstanding man, and he agreed. <laughs> to call into, my movie th- uh, call into the school and say that my grandmother needed a ride to the airport or something, or she was sick. And he calls in and does it for me, and then he calls me back, and he's like, Bo, didn't go good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's the uh, call waiting, you know, and I'm like, boop, and it's the principal of school. <laughs> now, it just so happened my stepdad really knew the principal. And so when he called and says, this is Mark Stewart, and Bo has to go pick up, and the principal was like, I know Mark Stewart, and this is not Mark Stewart. <laughs> How come? Because he recognized his voice. 
right? And so here's what Jesus is saying. My sheep know my voice. They recognize it. It's not uncommon. It's not a rare thing. There's one, one, small little text in the scriptures that talk about the word of the Lord being rare in that day when it came in Samuel and all of us think, anybody who's read the Bible, right? Bible people, one time it says that, but everything else we see in life in the scriptures paints a totally different picture. One of God speaking and it being common and normal. A good shepherd who's wanting to speak, going ahead, going ahead of us, calling us out, wanting to take us hold by the hand and talk to us. And so for me, hearing from God, isn't, it, it's, it's a normal thing when I want to listen, right? It's a normal thing when I choose to listen. It's a normal thing when I want to involve God, <laughs> It's a normal thing for God to be speaking into the emotions and the circumstances and the realities and the pains and the joys, the ups and the downs of everything. If I allow him, the Father has spoken in to my choices for work. The God, the Father has spoken in to decisions and naming our, my children, our, our, my son. God has spoken in to direction for my life. He's, but, but the reality for me, mostly, God just continues to whisper. And to give me courage and strength and guidance and correction in the everyday little small things. Even last night, I'm getting in bed. It's 1130. I'm tired. And Carmel leans over and says, you're not going to like this. (laughs) I need you to go pick up a prescription for me. Not a big deal, right? Big deal for me. I'm mad. I don't want to do it. I'm like, no problem. I say it really calmly and get dressed, go and get it. And the first, the drive, I'm mad, right? And I'm talking to her during that drive. <laughs> you been there? I mean, you know that, right? I'm, I'm, I'm telling her everything about how mad I am, about having to go to get a script at 1130, been out all day. You could have told me any time today, right? Whatever it is. Right? Like a big dummy. Mad. And, and the whole part, I know that like, um, anger, like that kind of that kind of festering anger. And I know Ghost Guy, you know, I always got these weird things. It does, it does no good, right? Festering anger in any of our relationships is just a terrible thing. It's a frightening thing. Remember, one of my teachers always said, "An angry man cannot teach." I can't. And I'm sitting there, I know I'm mad. And I, and I just want to hash it out, out loud and just act out these scenarios where I'm really tough and I'm <laughs> tell, you know, speaking these things. And yet God's inviting me you know, into the conversation with him. And like, what are you mad about? Tell me. You can be honest. Right? You know, because I mean, most of us, we just struggle to be honest, even what we're mad about. Because we're even embarrassed by the things we're mad about. Right? Be honest. And he allows me to be honest. And he begins to whisper in about the things he loves about my wife and the things he cares about me. And I'm still carrying that weird, you know, right? We carry that stuff. But in everything, God is wanting, needing to be able to speak into it. He wants to speak. It's normal for him to whisper. And he wants us to recognize his voice. It is for our good. 
my sheep, they know my voice. They listen. The Father's voice is familiar. Um, I was reading a story even for, about the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. About how he was scared to step into the future. This was during the Montgomery bus boycotts. And his life was being threatened, as you can imagine. Some of you can imagine that. People tell him they're going to kill his family. They're going to hurt him. Right? And he was scared. I think it was one of those realities he writes about this, of saying that before, this was, this was really a, a, a terribly frightening moment for him. And he remembered that he was filled with fear what might happen to him and to his family during this. And he hears this voice of Jesus promising, I will be with you. That wasn't the only word that Martin Luther King Jr. heard from God. God was always prompting him and directing him, like many of us. But that word filled him with courage and allowed him to step into what God was inviting him into. He had other words that spoke to him and filled him with life with love, comfort, about his identity, about who he was. As all of us, we need to hear God for our good. Last week, we shared about Frank Laubach, who was this guy talks, practicing, listening to God. And, and Frank would have this practice where he would do so, and he would walk with God in communion with God, talking. And then he said he'd open his own mouth, and he'd ask God questions, like I threw up there. And then he'd open his mouth, and he would allow God to speak out what he wanted. And many were like, man, that just sounds weird, Frank. It sounds like maybe you're, just, you're answering it yourself, and you're just saying what you want. And Frank said this, it doesn't matter if you get it right. Now, for many of you who are pragmatic like yourself, like myself, you want to get stuff right. So you ask God things because you want to do the right thing. You want to make the right move. You want to make the right decision. You want to do it right. You know, you got either you got success or ambition or something. You just want to do it right. But the reality of hearing from God, yes, he would direct our path. We may do some things right, but the, the reward is not doing things right. It's the relationship with God. Frank said, oh, you know what? It's not doing things right as the reward. The reward is, as you ask God these questions, you're with God. You're allowing him to whisper to you. It's not about getting it right. Here's what Jesus said. This is the final passage, the final little verse of the day. I didn't even put it up there, Emad, so sorry, Emad. But um, in John 13... If I can find it. John 17, 3. He's talking about what eternal life looks like, right? This is a famous verse that many people, a well-known one. But John 17, 3 says this. Now this is eternal life. This is life to the fullest. That they, that's us, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is life, eternal life, knowing God. Knowing God intimately, his voice in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Eternal life is about this ongoing communication, about hearing God, about knowing God. And so when we talk about hearing God, it is common. It is life, ongoing life of knowing God and Jesus Christ. My hope this week, and as we go on, as we step into this, 
that maybe your hope, your expectation, your ears would be prompted to the God who wants to speak to you. Because he loves you. He's near to you. He's the good father. He is the shepherd who wants to direct, who wants to guide, who wants to comfort, who wants to go before his sheep. I pray you would do so. I, pray you, I, I hope our ears are opened. But today, the only thing we want to put out here, God speaking is common. It is normal. He speaks. He cries out. Listen to him. It's okay if you get it wrong. But keep listening. So church, here's your homework. The question you wrote down, ask God. And get a pen out and expect him to answer. Allow him to flood. Let him bring a picture to mind. Let him bring a scripture to mind. Let the first thing that comes in your mind, write it down. It's okay to be wrong. But you know what you'll be doing in that? Spending time with God. Right? It's okay to be wrong. It's okay if you're like, you're like, oh, I just, uh, you're, it's all right. God wants to speak to you. I pray that you would feel the anticipation where he wants to answer your questions and wants to be with you. And so may for those who have, haven't heard for a long time, may you get to experience the delight of God whispering into the moments of your life and today and speaking. Let's pray. So Father, you love us and you know all the intricacies going on in everyone here. Your family, your body, your children, where the decisions they're trying to make, the, the hardships they're having, the anger that's burning within them, the struggles that they're having, the pain, the illness, the death, the concerns, the, their weakness. God, you know it. Their joys, their fears, and you want to speak. Oh, Father, may our hearts be open, may our ears be open to hear. Your shout, your whisper, your images. Favor us, God, with the revelation from you. Favor us, God, with being able to hear from our creator. Because one word from you changes everything. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Speak, Lord, your children are listening. Speak, Lord, your family is listening. Speak, one. Speak, Father, your little ones are listening. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.